Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. I know it's hard to believe, but Lent is around the corner. Yes, in just a few weeks, we begin the great season of Lent. I know it feels like it was just Christmas, but we want to use these weeks here to prepare our minds and our hearts to enter into this gift that the church gives us every year, these 40 days of Lent. It's a wonderful time to go deeper in prayer, deeper in union with our Lord Jesus, if we don't just stumble into it. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you just stumble into Lent. You know, you wake up and it's, you know, Ash Wednesday and all of a sudden you realize, oh, I got to go get my ashes. Oh, what am I going to do for Lent? What what am I going to give up this year? (laughs) And and, and we want to actually enter into the season with a plan. And I want to talk about how we can make that plan. What are some of the essential elements we want for our Lenten strategy? But I also want to talk about how we want to be attentive to what God wants to do in Lent. And so we can take time to prepare and ask the Lord what he thinks we need to grow in. Many times we think, I need to do more fasting. I want to just show God I can can give up all these things and make a sacrifice for him. And But maybe God just wants us to be more patient with our, our children and with our spouse. Uh, or, or we're going to think, I, I'm going to give up all this these these shows on TV and and, and, and on Netflix. And, uh, and that's great. And, and that's a wonderful thing if you feel called to it. But maybe God is actually calling you to to serve the people around you and not be so focused on yourself. And he's inviting you to get out of yourself and make sacrifices to be attentive to other people's needs. You see, there's always like our plan and then there's the deeper plan that God has. Another thing we're going to look at here in today's show is how sometimes God works through the unexpected that we can come up with our plan, and this is what I'm going to do for fasting, this is what I'm going to do for service, this is what I'm going to do for my extra prayers. But then God does stuff in these 40 days of Lent in our lives. We experience a certain trial, or maybe we experience a certain disappointment and sorrow. These aren't just random events. God uh, allowed them to happen, and in his providence, he wants to meet us in these difficulties. Maybe it's a certain stress that comes up in work. Maybe it's a certain strain in a relationship. Uh, it's it's a hurt that you have in your life. Something comes up in these 40 days. We want to be attentive, be on the lookout. I often think of Simon of Cyrene in Lent. I, I mention him all the time. He, he's my hero because you think about what Jesus says, you know, what the, the Lenten scripture verse that we that many of us bring to mind, the church brings before our minds is pick up your cross and follow me. That, that's what we're supposed to do, you know, all throughout our lives as disciples is to pick up the cross and follow Jesus. But especially in Lent, we think about the cross and we think about how we take the cross and unite ourselves to the cross more. Well, who was the first person in the Bible to pick up a cross and follow Jesus? It was Simon of Cyrene. And in fact, Luke's gospel highlights that, that he takes up the cross and he carries it behind Jesus. So he's like a living model of this principle of discipleship. Well, Simon of Cyrene, if you remember his story, he didn't plan to pick up that cross and follow Jesus that day. He didn't come up with a strategy. Oh, how can I live the Passover better? I'll go find a criminal and help him carry his cross. That's not what happened. He was just minding his own business, walking in the city, and all of a sudden those Roman soldiers forced him to do it. And through this unexpected cross in his life, he found the greatest joy, the greatest love in his life. 
He found Jesus. He found salvation. And as the we know from the early tradition, Simon of Cyrene went on to become a great Christian. He had a great convert, and his family became great Christian leaders. So uh, we never know what happens. We can come up with our plan, and we're going to talk about how to do that this Lent. But what I want to encourage us to do is also prepare our hearts now for those unexpected things where God may come and meet us and invite us to love him more, to trust him more, to be more patient, to be more generous. So that's what we're going to take a look at in this week's podcast. So welcome to the All Things Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and I want to give a shout out to the great state of Arkansas. So I was in Bentonville, Arkansas, uh, visiting the Focus missionaries there, as well as speaking at uh, the parish in Bentonville and at the Little Rock Men's Conference. So please pray for all those men uh, that they may continue to grow as disciples, to be men of God in their homes, with their families, and in their parishes, and out in the world. It was a blessing to be with them. And I'm looking forward this next week to seeing people in the great state of South Carolina. I know it's really fun. I, I had never been to South Carolina until this fall. It was the last date I, I had to conquer. I had 49 states for so long, and South Carolina was was just sitting out there for many years. And I, I had invitations, and then COVID happened. I couldn't come. Finally, I got to go this last fall. So I finally got my 50th state this last October, South Carolina, and I'm already going back <laughs> to the beautiful state of South Carolina. I'm going to be visiting the focus team and the college students at Clemson University, as well as uh, speaking at St. Mary Magdalene. Dillon Parish in Simpsonville, South Carolina, on February 8th, this upcoming Saturday. So if you're in South Carolina, please come up and look forward to getting to meet you there. Well, every Ash Wednesday, when we are presented in the liturgy with the scripture readings, the church gives us this passage from Matthew chapter 6. It's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and it describes the three practices of Jewish piety almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. And what's fascinating is to see how this fits in. You know, in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, there's three major parts. There's the first part about the law, and that's where you get the Beatitudes, and Jesus quotes the Old Testament law. You heard that it was said, thou shalt not kill. I say to you, don't even be angry. You heard that it was said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say to you, don't even look lustfully at someone. So you, you see this, this, this theme of the law, the Old Testament scriptures, and Jesus raising it, elevating it, deepening it uh, to, to apply it to our hearts, not just avoiding killing people, but avoiding anger, which divides, not just avoiding adultery, but even of avoiding impure thoughts, which divides. So he, he's always taking the law deeper in that first part of the Sermon on the Mount. The third part of the Sermon on the Mount is all about righteous deeds, like you know, don't lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, don't be anxious, don't judge, you know, enter by the narrow gate. It's all these, the, the, the good deeds that we're supposed to do in the kingdom. But at the very middle, and many scholars have highlighted this, at the very heart of the kingdom message of Jesus, as he's training his disciples and speaking to the large crowds, if you want to know what does it really mean to follow Jesus and to, to live as a disciple in his kingdom, you look at what's in the very middle. And in the middle are the three basic practices of Jewish piety almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. And Jesus is going to take those and continue them and deepen them for our lives. And I want to just draw out a couple points because it's so relevant to Lent. If you think about how the church holds this up, it's reminding us of the very heart of the Sermon on the Mount, the very heart of Christian life. He says, first of all, the first thing I want to highlight is this. He says, when you give alms, and then he says, when you pray, pray like this. And when you fast, you know, don't 
don't draw attention to yourself. But, but what I want to highlight is just simply the expression Jesus uses when he teaches. He says, when you give alms. Notice he doesn't say, if you give alms. If you happen to decide to give alms to serve the poor. You know, he says, when. And he doesn't say, if you ever pray, you know, if you, haven't pray, if you happen to pray on a certain day, pray like this. No, no, he says, when you pray. <laughs> and he doesn't say, hey, if you ever happen to give up something, you know, fast. You no, know, he says, when you fast. What's Jesus assuming here? He's assuming if you're a disciple, these are, these are the things you're doing. These are the three basic aspects of Christian devotion. And, and, and this is something we're supposed to do throughout the year. This is the norm throughout the year is that we should always be giving alms, always be praying, and always be fasting. Now, some of us might be hearing that going, uh-oh, <laughs> I, I pray sometimes, but I'm not as consistent. Um, I, I do some fasting every once in a while, you know, but, but not that, not regularly. And I sometimes write a check and donate money to serve the poor, and maybe I'll give money to somebody on the street, but I, I don't do it as consistently as I should. And if we feel that as a challenge, we should. <laughs> I, I know when I hear these words, even as I'm teaching right now in this podcast, I'm feeling a little challenged in some of these areas. You know, I think about almsgiving. We give money to the poor. We always make that a priority. But I, I could say, am I as consistent in going out of my way when I see someone on the street, I'm driving at a stoplight and there's someone there begging for money. Am I consistently generous in wanting to encounter Jesus in that person? And that's just something God wants us to do all the time, not just in Lent. He wants us to give alms, give money that this is money, not just donating to like the American Heart Association or donating to help your youth ministry program. Those could be good things to help nonprofit good organizations or to help uh, your, your, your parish is fine. Almsgiving is different. Almsgiving is money for the poor. It's when you give money to serve those in need. And especially encountering the poor, as Pope Francis says, you know, to really, when we see them, do we see Christ in them? Do we see it as an opportunity? Jesus is thirsting for our love in the poor. When I see that poor person, do I see him like uh, like, like I see the tabernacle? That there's the tabernacle in the church and I, I kneel down before it. I, I, I long to go and be in the presence of Jesus and adoration. But when I see the poor person, do I see Jesus in the distressing disguise of the poor, as Mother Teresa says? And so this is a, something we should do throughout the year, but the church puts this act of piety, this act of devotion, this act of love before our minds at the beginning of every Lent in this reading from the gospel at Ash Wednesday from Matthew chapter six. And it's there to remind us, you know, this is something I need to, I, I need to get better at. This is something I want to grow in. If I'm doing it already, what's the next step to encounter Jesus and the poor? And I love that to reflect on, you know, do I, I have this longing to go to Jesus in the blessed sacrament to receive him in Holy Communion? To, to go pray before him in adoration. I might have that desire there, but do I sense Jesus in the poor as well? Because he says, you know, that which you did to least of my brethren, you did to me. He's really substantially present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. But he's also present in the poor. That's very clear from scripture, very clear in the catechism. So it's body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. That, that's a unique presence. But he is present in the poor, and he's calling for us. He's thirsting for our attention. And, and that's all the time. Let's use this Lent and, and pray in these weeks before Lent. How can I grow in my almsgiving? And that could be being more generous with my money. It could be 
Maybe I'm just going to be more attentive when I see the poor every time. I'm just going to carry some some dollar bills with me. Or I'm going to carry some some power bars with me or some you know, something that I can give, you know, a gift card to McDonald's or something, whatever. Is there something I can give or, or is it just something? Can I talk to them? Can I shake their hand? Can I look them in the eye? Is there something I could do to love Jesus in the distressing disguise of the poor? Same thing with prayer. When you pray, it's not, you know, if you pray and, you know, when it fits into your schedule. Don't know. Jesus is assuming we're praying regularly. And so hopefully we, we have that life of, of prayer throughout the year. But Lent invites us to examine, am I praying consistently? Do I pray every day? Do I have time? 20 minutes every day set aside at least. 20 minutes for quiet time with the Lord, to pray with his word, his scripture, or to do Lexio Divina, to met, do some kind of meditation on a text from a saint, you know, but, but really taking that time to be with Jesus. Do I have that throughout the year? And maybe I, you know, I've, I've fallen away from my regular practice of prayer, or I've never really developed the practice of prayer every day. And I know I need to, I've heard Dr. Shree talk about the importance of daily prayer many times on his show. And maybe this Lent, this is the year I'm going to plant the flag. I'm going to do it. And you can just create that space in your heart and in your life for daily prayer. And same thing with fasting. Fasting isn't just something we do on Fridays and Lent or the 40 days of Lent. Hey, I gave up my chocolate. I gave up my favorite latte. I gave up my favorite beer. You know, those are good things to do. But we should have some practice of detachment throughout the year. You know, in other words, Lent isn't just a time where we just do these three things, almsgiving, prayer, and fasting, and then the rest of the year we don't have to worry about the poor, we don't have to pray that consistently, and we don't have to make sacrifices and, and fast. No, no. These three things, I really want us to see, my friends, these three things are the very heart of the spiritual life. If I want to love Jesus, I need these. And I'm so thankful that the church gives us this season of Lent to grow in these areas. It's a chance to do some fine tuning. It's a chance to intensify these areas, to make my heart grow more in these areas. So I want to encourage you in these days and weeks leading up to the great season of Lent, start praying now, start pondering. Ask the Lord, Lord, how is it that you want me to encounter you in the poor more? For some of you, you might feel, you know, I'm going to go help at that soup kitchen. I'm going to go volunteer. We have this parish outreach thing we do to serve the poor. I'm going to go do that. That's great. Maybe it's just as simple as I make a commitment that every time I see a poor person this Lent, I'm going to do something with them. I'm going to give them something. I'm going to just, maybe I just give them some of my time. I'm going to actually just say hello to them. I'm going to ask them their name. I'm going to look them in the eye. I'm going to treat them as a friend. I'm going to, I'm going to shake their hand. Maybe that's just as simple as that. You know, what is God asking me to do in prayer? That could be going to mass during the week. Maybe it's going to a adoration chapel once a week or stopping by and visiting Jesus in the Eucharist every day. That would be a great thing. You know, just driving home from work, I'm going to make a commitment to just, even if I just pop in for three minutes, I'm going to just go say hi to Jesus. Every, that would be a great thing. Or God is going to invite us just to, can I just spend more time with him, even if it's at home or in my office or in my living room, wherever it is, can I bring more prayer in my life? And what is God inviting me to, to fast from? Is there something I know that I've just been just too attached to and it, it's taking too much of my attention? Uh, it's, it's just, I'm just too attached to this and I can't say no to it. What, what is that thing in my life, that, that snack or that drink or that show or social media, whatever it is, is there something there? You know, one thing I know a lot of the focus missionaries are doing is fasting from social media 
from 8 p.m. at night until 8 in the morning. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, so they're not saying social media is bad, you know, and or that you can't use it. And, you know, it surely could be used. But we also know that late at night, we tend to spend more time on these things than we should. And we end up scrolling and just watching one video after another. And we end up wasting time. You know, what if we went to bed each night with the thoughts of God and we just didn't have an app on, we didn't, you know, have our phones by us, but we just had actually the scriptures, maybe your actual printed Bible, you know, so I'm not getting distracted with other notifications and other temptations to click on things. No, I just put my phone away in the evening hours and I'm with the Bible maybe, or I'm reading a good Catholic book or, you know, or I'm just talking to my wife. Or maybe I'm just going to be more present to my children because I'm not going to be tempted to keep pulling my phone out. That's a wonderful way to give God more space in my life. So consider some kind of fasting uh, and, and, and pray about that. What is God asking of me? Now, I'm going to give you a balance here. So this is the second point I want to make is, is the balance of Lent. On one hand, be generous be generous. Like all these little devotions we're doing with almsgiving, prayer, and fasting, don't think of them as like little just practices to to show God I'm I'm, I'm a good Christian. No, no. Think of them as ways I can expand my heart. Think of them as expressions of love. And Jesus is inviting me to grow in love. <laughs> and so let's be generous with these things. Let's Let's push ourselves a little bit. But at the same time, Let's not push ourselves too much. Sometimes people like do all these, you know, crazy things for Lent and they've never fasted like this before. They've never prayed as much before. And then when Lent's over, they just go back to their old life and they don't live daily prayer. You know, they had 40 days of intense prayer and then Easter comes and they just stop praying, you know, or they 40 days, they gave up all screens. It was amazing. It was intense. And then all of a sudden, then they just start binge watching everything in the Easter season. You know, no, let's not do that. We want to think about, these practices as things that we can push forward out of Lent. They, they, they take us a, a couple yards more down the field in our devotion and our, our love for Jesus. I think about what St. Francis de Sales once said. He said, steady, moderate sobriety is preferable to periods of violent abstinence interspersed with periods of great self-indulgence. <laughs> I'm going to read that again. It's better to have moderate sobriety you know, over a long period of time than it is to do like this really big, you know, fasting, this big sacrifice, all these devotions, you know, followed by periods of great self-indulgence, you know, where we're scattered. So be generous this Lent, but also don't push yourself too much. Do, do something that you think you actually could carry over after Lent, maybe not with the same intensity, maybe not to the same degree, but, but it's, you're putting into practice now something that you need throughout the year. Now, finally, the last thing I want to highlight is as you're praying and discerning what God wants for your Lent, not just what you want to do, but you're really thinking, what is it that God's inviting me to? What is it that he's going to stretch my heart in this Lent? So you're really asking him about it. I also want you to, as you go into Lent, I want to encourage you to also be on the lookout for the ways God may work unexpectedly. So you have your nice plan but be ready for those unexpected crosses that may come your way. And I, I think of something that um, the servant of God, Kiara Lubitsch, once said. She's the founder of the Focolore movement. Uh, I'm going to read you a great quote from her about finding God in those unexpected things that come up in life. And I think this is so good to be on the lookout for in Lent. She says, 
For those who believe in the love of God and love him, the most varied circumstances that condition one's existence are not seen as simply dictated by chance or by the blind laws of nature, but they are all guided by this love. I'm going to pause there. So she's saying like, if, if we really believe and love God and we believe that his, his, his love rules the universe, then whatever comes up in our lives, whatever's unexpected, whatever difficulties come up, we also believe that God allowed that to happen. And there, there's a, an opportunity to encounter God in these difficulties. There's an opportunity and an, an invitation from God to meet him in these difficulties. I'll read on. Listen to what she says. These are occasions and means by which God serves to bring his work of sanctification to completion. He conceals himself behind all the events of one's life, whether it's a given health condition, for example, or some particular cause for disappointment or an unexpected change due to a new set of circumstances. God lies behind the particular state of life one has set out on. So if I, I, I chose to be married and we've got all these kids and now I'm, I'm exhausted and I'm tired. Well, God is behind all of that. God wants to meet us in that. <laughs> he also said God lies behind a sudden trial of a moral nature or any kind of difficulty found at work. He hides himself behind the fact that we find ourselves to be at a specific place next to a specific person. Everything for the one who loves God even the mistakes of the past, acquires positive meaning because through all these circumstances, one can experience the love of God who wants to guide us towards sanctity. Beautiful quote here to think about, that no matter what happens in our lives, no matter what may unfold, the events and circumstances, the trials, the difficulties, the sufferings, the unexpected crosses that come up in our lives, like that cross that came up in Simon of Cyrene's life, 2,000 years ago, those are places to encounter Jesus. Simon didn't choose that cross. He was chosen for it. It just happened. But in that cross, he found Jesus. He found the Savior. And I think it's so important that as we go into Lent, let's prepare our hearts, yes, to come up with a plan about almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. We need to do that and ask what the Lord wants us to do in those three areas, to be generous, but be moderate. At the same time, let's also prepare our hearts to ask Jesus, what is it that you might be asking of me in the middle of Lent that I didn't plan? <laughs> what I often find that that happens, I think it happens all the time, you know, 365 days of the year, but I think I'm more attentive to it in Lent, so I notice it more, that all of a sudden there's something going on with the family, and then there's this sickness, or there's a new stress at work, there's a there's some tension in a, in a, with a colleague or with a friend and uh, there's something going wrong at the parish or a friend of mine that I love is suffering. You know, Something just happens every Lent and I, I'm aware of it because I'm looking out for it <laughs> and it's hard, but, but I want to meet God there. But I think as I'm attentive to it every Lent, I need to be more attentive to it the other days of the year. <laughs> I think God is... God is working like this all the time, just like we're supposed to always be praying and fasting and doing almsgiving. We encounter God in those three practices, 365 days a year. We should always have this throughout the year, but we are looking out for it and intensifying it during Lent. I think in Lent, it's a great thing to be on the lookout for God's hand behind, his hidden hand behind the events that unfold in our lives. Not that he wishes us suffering or that he's you know, throwing crosses at us, but in his providence, he can even use the sufferings that come about in this fallen world for our good as a chance to grow in greater trust. 
to surrender to him, to love him, to be to be more patient and wait for wait on the Lord more, whatever it is. So be on the lookout for those things. Pray that you prepare your heart for the unexpected crosses this Lent as well. Well, thanks so much for listening, my friends. I have to tell you, if, if you're looking for some resources for Lent, uh, check out my book on Stations of the Cross. It just came out this last year. It's called Pocket Guide to Stations of the Cross with Ascension Press. We'll put it in the show notes. This is a book that it takes those ancient of all devotions. You, you know, I was just in Israel the, this last month and to walk the streets of Jerusalem in, in memory of Jesus going to Calvary, that's not just a nice modern little pilgrim thing to do. This is something the earliest Christians were doing in the first centuries of Christianity. And so it's one of the earliest devotions. And it, it, it is a beautiful reflection on the climax of Christ's life, which is the climax of his love for us. If we want to encounter Jesus's love more this Lent, check out my book, Pocket Guide to Stations of the Cross. And if you're also looking for a spiritual devotional book that you can read in the chapel, you can check out also another book I wrote related to this topic. It's called No Greater Love, a biblical walk through Christ's passion. And so it's walking with Jesus in all those stories we've many of us have known from our childhood of Jesus agonizing in the garden, Jesus being scourged at the pillar, Jesus before Pilate, Jesus carrying the cross, all those stories, but understanding them biblically with the prophecies in the background and practical application to our lives today, what Jesus was really going through historically, who was Pilate and why was he doing it? So it gets into all the background of that. You could check that out as well. It's called No Greater Love, A Biblical Walk Through Christ's Passion. Thanks so much for listening. My prayers for you this Lent and please pray for me. God bless.